Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds here in a rainy, crestfallen, heartbroken city of Atlanta. Uh, Coach, you know, we don't have to break down that football game that happened uh, on Sunday, but just where does it rank for you or where does it fit into your Atlanta sports fan DNA and the, the traumatic losses we've experienced over the years? What game? Uh, the, <laughs> the, the pitchers and catchers report in nine days. There we go. That's the answer we're looking for. All right. Well, it is a very, very special day here for the Running the Bases podcast. Coach, this is episode number 100, podcast number 100 for Running the Bases. We started this in 2014, and now here we are. What, what do you think about that? I think 100's a big number. Uh there have been women in my life that didn't last a hundred days. Uh, so, so uh, hundred days is a popular topic right now too. Yes, that's true. Well, um, we're going to celebrate our 100th episode here on this, uh, digital medium, uh, by talking about baseball in the digital age. Um, so, uh, right out of the box and going first to th- first to third, I guess out of the box was, the Falcons. <laughs> so we're going to even throw away the format and just t- and just start talking. So baseball in the digital age. You and I are here right now. Do you have a sports journalism degree? No. Do I? No. Let me yeah. answer that for you. Um, though I do have a film production degree, <laughs> equally as valuable. Um, but we're here and we're a part of the conversation of baseball and sports, you know, to a lesser degree. But we're a part of the baseball media uh, blogosphere, which has existed for 20 years. Is that accurate? Like, when do you remember first reading online publications about baseball or maybe sports in general? I, it seems like they were there instantly. I mean, you right. know, uh, it. there was no sudden day where they just, you know, Oh my goodness, this is good. You know, uh, right. it, it just seemed to always be there, you know, from the time that we had that stupid dial tone thing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, is about mid 90s, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's kind of where you put Al Gore's famous invention of the internet. There you go. Um, so, you know, of course, now the landscape is truly uh, filled almost to the, uh, to, filled to the brim, if not spilling over with baseball writers and bloggers and so on and so forth. So as we talk about baseball in the digital age, let's start with the writers. Um, How has baseball coverage in print changed uh, from your perspective with now the, you know, all of the online rags and bloggers and uh, you know, ESPN.com sports illustrated.com, so on and so forth. How has it changed the nature and the characters of baseball writing? Well, the newspaper, you know, news flash is kind of dead. Right. You, know? <laughs> you and, heard it here first. Uh, but there were tremendous uh, writers. I mean, when, when right, journalists, uh, when they began, often began in sports because they could be more descriptive. They, uh, it wasn't just the time, the location, the people, you know, it wasn't just the who, what, where, and why. You had people uh, really writing flowering 
uh, prose and uh, almost poetry uh, back in the day. Uh, some of it really bad, but some of it, you know, tremendous. I mean, the Red Smiths and Shirley Povich's, you know, uh, these are among America's greatest writers. Um, and you had so many writers like Louis Grizzard started off in the sports section. You had writer uh, Stephen Crane. I mean, think about how long ago that was. Uh, yeah. Know, the uh, was uh, wrote about baseball uh, and your ring lardners and stuff like that. And that's, I don't think that's coming out of, I mean, they're liable to be bloggers that are right equal to these people, but there's so many, it's hard to find them. Yeah. When you were when you were first really discovering baseball, you know, and you you've told me before on the podcast that it was about the late fifties, early sixties, right. particularly with the Maris and Mantle home right. run chase. Like, what's a, a specific writer that stands out to you from that time period, and what publication was it in? Oh gosh, uh, the um, when I was actually aware of who I was reading, it was when I came to Atlanta. And um, I wasn't, you know, in the fourth grade, I'm not reading the New York Times at that time. You know, I mean, it, it, it wasn't available to me. It was just the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And right. whoever was the beat writer at the time, Jesse Outler, uh, I, I read a lot. But, and, but what's his name? Uh, Furman Bisher was the famous granite icon of the Atlanta Journal. But... He seemed to have become kind of bitter uh, in his old age, <laughs> uh, you know, so I didn't like reading him much. But an Atlanta sports writer becoming bitter? Well, no, this, this this was no. before. I mean, uh, Furman Bisher was writing in the twenties, I think, you know, and uh, or at least in the thirties. I mean, so he's w way pro or pre pro sports in Atlanta. That's yeah, a good point. So, all right, like. Now in 2017, do you feel like you could name three, you know, national writers that you always go and look to? No, the only ones I could name I see as television personalities. Right. Yeah. And, and I realize that some of them write for papers still in existence. Uh, but, you know, I can find it online. Well, as you, I mean, there's so much to sift through, but. I, for one, I'm a fan of the fact that if I want to read an interesting story about the Texas Rangers, I can find that. Right, right. You know, I can't find that back back when, when you had the New York Times, Washington Post, Sports Illustrated, Sporting News, you know. Uh, uh, every team has its own website. We have yeah. Talking Chop, you know, that has right. inane stories about, you know, A-level ballplayers. But as you think back to, you know, pre-digital, are there certain teams that you wish, you, you know, you, you could have experienced them in the digital age, like the, the 70s Pirates? I mean, do you look at, like, what we have available to us now and go back then and it's like, wow, it would have been really great to read the beat writer from the Pirates during the 71 se season? or it, it would have been, but the beat writer for the Pirates was probably on strike. They had a newspaper strike in Pittsburgh oh, really? for about 15 years, and that's okay. what... Uh, almost killed the pirates because they had no coverage. Wow. The uh, so wow. But, uh, it, at a horrible time. But um, the uh, I, I it's there. If I want to read it now, I can find it. You know. I mean, uh, 
I, do I regret not having it when it, no, that's like regretting, you know, <laughs> <laughs> didn't have airplanes, like, yeah. man. I mean, I, I was before I, I remember <laughs> pre ATM cards, you know, right. You had to go in the bank, yeah, right. And they were never <laughs> open. You had to go in there <laughs> and you had to get money. Cause <laughs> and when you were out of that, you were out of money. You're you stopped doing stuff to quote, uh, some of a Louis CK, uh, routine. Um, all right, so now let's talk about uh, player access um, because you have the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, right. <laughs> and I'm even dating my own self right. by having V in right. the. Uh, but you know what I mean. So these essentially these players now communicate directly with their fans. But do you buy that? Do you think that we're getting a more honest image of our baseball superstars or just our baseball stars in general? Yes, I think it is. It's a little more honest. We get to know them more personal on a more personal level. I think it can be dangerous. You know, I mean, right. the uh, there are a lot of people I I don't want. I mean, I, I've always somewhat enjoyed the separation between I would uh, yeah ball player and fan, and uh, I there are things I don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the uh, and I mean. Suppose John Rocker, all of this stuff was around, and John Rocker had <laughs> oh, a no. Twitter account. You know, he he wouldn't have been able to pitch one year. Yeah, that's um, true. The uh, things like that can be dangerous, but they can be endearing too. Well, what, like what's a what's a player that you think you know you you you're you're more of a fan of because of their social media presence. My, no. For me, like Joey Bautista, well, I'm a much bigger Joey Bautista fan than I would have been because his Twitter has been an interesting follow. Uh, or Dan Heron, for one. Okay, well, I'll say it's not Kurt Schilling. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of journalists that would agree with you. I mean, do you feel like though, truthfully, that with players you're getting a more honest view of who they are or more polished? Because it would seem to me that. The biggest downfall of social media is that everyone's concerned with their brand, that it actually, you know, perpetuates a me first mentality on a greater level. Look, I, I don't really care. You know, I mean, personally, on, on, on my level, I don't want to uh, be in touch with sports people that way. Uh, but I realize there are a lot of people, uh, most of them younger than myself, who do. And if this can... Uh, help the game in any way, I'm all for it. I think uh, that perhaps all of these, it would be, if somehow or another the accounts uh, could go through the teams, through the, uh, so there could be some sort of uh, control on this to help the communica communication with younger kids and stuff, uh, I mean, and, and you could advertise this in ballparks. You could have, you know, the Twitter accounts next to the starting lineup up there, you know, or whatever. Right, uh, yeah. But They uh, do in a lot of instances, I think. Right. Uh, but I think it can be, uh, you know, you can't put it back, the toothpaste back in the, the tube. And uh, this is freedom of speech and all sorts of things are involved here. So, uh, but... You know, I it, we haven't had a really bad incident yet. No, nothing like the NBA. Right. You know? right. I mean, the, the 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 evolution into the digital social media age seems to be a lot 
slower with baseball as far as it really taking effect in the in the negative certainly i mean we certainly don't want to hear from araldus chapman's girlfriend right. you know i mean uh there are and if that starts becoming part of the whole thing it could become very sordid and uh you know, i don't know well my, my granddaughter has an iphone you know so, right yeah so i mean uh yeah it's two-way street you know you can learn about a lot of things but you also can't unlearn about a, right. a lot of things i guess so what about the teams then as you look at like major league baseball and professional baseball you know how teams are use, utilizing social media i'm saying that baseball is behind the curve as far as you know controversy that comes with social media but what about the teams in Major League Baseball itself? Are they really taking advantage of the digital age? Oh, I, I think they are for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, scouting and all of this stuff is you know hand in hand with it, and we have we have more stats in the last ten years than we had you know the hundred and twenty years prior to that. Uh, right. There's so many apps, the the MLB at bat app, you know, which is uh, but and where you yeah. can see. Uh, the arc of pitches and measure the spin on a ball and all this stuff. You have your own K-zone systems and stuff. This is that's available to the uh, the viewer as well. Now you know they have the technology now to where you can customize your own instant replays. Really? Yes. I mean, I am unaware they, of this. They haven't done it yet, but they have that capability. But. And that, again, could be very dangerous. I mean, think of what would happen in Detroit when Jim Joyce blew that perfect game. Yeah. If everybody there kept seeing that play over and over again, we might not have Jim Joyce to talk about today. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Deckinger would be more, more right, at well, risk. But right. There are... Dickinger. Uh, I mean, baseball had. There's been more violence from the field to, uh, from the stands to the field in recent years than there has been. You know, and as we become a more tribal society. You know. Well, yeah, I mean that's a good point. You know, uh, on both of those, you know, first off, being able to customize replays and whatnot, I think that falls into whether or not baseball utilizes social media, or how it's utilizing social media. Do they need to appreciate that fact more? You know, with with how they try and govern instant replay rules or how they, you know, um, they won't let the umpires go on the PA systems like they do in right. football. You know, it, 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 do you believe that it would be better for Major League Baseball to kind of embrace more of what the technology offers? Oh, I, I think uh, we, we've done shows on this as well. I, right. I do think we will have an automated strike zone soon. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that is in the foreseeable future um well for a game that is you know so often defined as pastoral uh it is the natural the national pastime the fan experience at the stadium uh has evolved so immensely with social media um and and you know social media technology um but is the modern day fan that's buried in an iphone missing out on the greater joy of baseball in my opinion they are. Uh, I, I mean, for me, I think one of the common denominators of baseball from its earliest beginnings 
maybe not on the Civil War field, but uh, from its <laughs> earliest beginnings until today, is that it's a beautiful thing. Baseball is a beautiful thing. And watching somebody turn a double play, walking into the stadium and seeing you know, the lines go out forever and all of the green, and it, it's just a beautiful thing. And if you're looking at your phone, you're not really appreciating all of the beauty. Um, I, though, if I'm, if I see Andrew Jones make what seems to be a routine catch for him, but realize the amount of ground that he's covered, if I have a sports stat, uh, stat cast, stat cast, yeah, uh, uh, app on my phone and I can see how many, many feet he actually covered that, that can enhance the game for me. Um, but uh, I think we do spend too much time looking down at. I mean, I think that's society in general. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not safe to drive anymore. Uh, right? Yeah, driverless and, cars are a thing now, just because people are so terrible at driving. Yeah, I know. Well, technology always comes out of necessity, and uh, right. The uh, so I mean, we we know at ballparks we've got to extend the the netting and the fence, and I mean. <laughs> People are going to get killed, you know, uh, from the yeah from foul balls and bats and everything. So, um, because they're looking at their phones. So, but I, you know, I that's that's not my part of my experience when I go to the ballpark. Uh, well, right, yeah, but I think that 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 is more more than for football and 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 basketball is the biggest downside to, you know, how good coverage has gotten on you know, the sports landscape. I mean, you know, an HD, HD televisions and, oh, you know, sure. all the different camera angles that you can access if you're streaming it on your laptop or your iPad and all of these things. So where does this, where does this go from here? You know, does baseball, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I think you're going to see, uh, more and more, uh, the, cause like football is so much better at home. I mean, I, I think that's a sport that right away could be played in a studio tomorrow, and I'd be okay with that. You oh, know? Well, I, I've always agreed with that. I mean, and that's much to Pete Rozelle's credit. Uh, right. I mean, he uh, changed, you know, put the uh, field, goals, field goal post in, you know, may, I, they designed the field for uh, television, and that was a very smart move. Uh, right. The uh, a lot more people are seeing those games on television than they are uh, in person, but baseball Base is different. Baseball is different. Yeah, I mean, uh, and there is no clock, and uh, so I I don't I think we're going to see changes in ballparks tremendous. I think we're I think there'll be televisions in the back of seats, uh, right? And uh, so uh, for at least the prime seats in the ballparks. I think that'll be soon. I think you're going to have scoreboards showing um, stats that uh, your fantasy stats on the boards and things like this, uh, as well as events that have happened at other ballparks there. Uh, we already, there's already universal Wi-Fi everywhere, you know, uh, right. The, uh, with the superstation here in Atlanta, TBS back when, and then you had, you know, WGN out of Chicago. There was America's team in the early days of cable. You had America's team and teams would develop 
certain teams would develop a, a nice national following and that became part of the discussion and you saw it with the Braves you know in the 90s now you have mlb.tv and the mlb at bat app um you can follow any team you want anywhere all all the live long day um so is the end of the superstation era uh, where we don't really have an America's team anymore, or, or at least as far as I I see it, um, is that a loss for baseball? No, there there's enough to go around. I think uh, I I don't. I mean, if, but has it good? If you were a dedicated Tiger fan, uh, and you move to Oakland, you're not gonna. You're still gonna be a Tiger fan. And now you're able to see the Tigers. Yeah. And it, look, the MLB.TV app is one of the greatest apps ever yeah, created. Right. Um, and, you know, I think that if you are going to regret something, maybe the fact that there are play- certain players, Dale Murphy, who would have loved to have had an ESPN or two, <laughs> you know, prominent when he was playing, you might be in the Hall of Fame right now. And, you know, King Griffey Jr., of course, uh, was kind of made ESPN right. baseball coverage. Um, but, Here's a here's an adverse effect as far as I can tell. Baseball has become almost regionalized because of, you know, that same fact. And now the postseason is pretty much all on cable. Like if you don't have Fox Sports Net or if you don't have TBS, you're not going to see postseason baseball until you get to the World Series. Um, I think that's a bad thing. I mean, what do you think about that? I think it could be a bad thing. Uh... Yes, I, I I think it should be it should have freer access, right? Uh, yet whatever television coverage or whatever I'm going to have is going to include that's going to be the first thing I'm going to you know I'm maybe make certain I get to see sixty minutes as well you know but uh, <laughs> the uh, but is I'm that's my what I look for more than anything else that's what I'm paying for, uh, so. You know, it just seems to me that it is more accessible, and I think that's the the key. It it can become blanketed. Uh, I it's hard for me to follow like college basketball because there's so many games. Uh, yeah, and so there, many teams it, that are covered. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, all the time. You know, and uh, so I mean, baseball that could happen. Uh, I mean, it, it can be overexposed. Yeah, it, I mean, it, watered down is the word I keep thinking about when I just think of like baseball and sports in general in 2017. Because, you know, when you have so many different outlets, you know, Major League Baseball, MLB Network has to provide 24 7 coverage. And so it's like at, at, at some point, you know, I get concerned that the quality of content that's out there is tremendously watered down. Well, yeah. I, I think it's an inevitability. Inevitability. As it's a result of the abundance of choice. Uh, and this is the thing that's made us tribal. We, I mean, yeah. there, people are hard locked into their own choices now. Uh, it's no, there's no longer a need to remember anything. It's all about. How do you find the information, you know? Right. Uh, and so there's so much out there that we choose what we wish to expose ourselves, where we will go for 
uh, our television services, where we will uh, go, how we will buy, how we will consume, you know, uh, all of these things are such a choice now. And we, we've seen this, look at what happened in the political race, you know, I yeah. mean, it was, yeah, yeah. It's, we're, we're tribal. And I think that uh, this watering down is, it's just a result of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, here we are doing a podcast. I right. mean, you know, and that is a beautiful thing. I, I, I'm going to credit podcasts here specifically. Um, you and I, we started this as a podcast and has grown to the website and, you know, and, and we're, we're, we're feeling this out as we go along in so many ways. But now commercial free, that is a very lovely thing about you know, sports in the digital age is that in so many ways you can find nice, long, in-depth coverage without commercial interruption. Well, that's true. That's true. I, um, I have, I mean, you know, commercial was time to go to the restroom. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I am time to get something to eat. When you think of, you know, time to go to the restroom, (laughs) um, the pace of play issue that's at hand right now, is maybe, you know, social media interaction the kind of cure to that? You know, if, if there's something going on in the ballpark that requires you to be on your phone in between innings, is that a good route to go down? Like, we go to this commercial break, but go to MLB.com if you want to see, you know, three other angles of that last inning, you know? Well, I'm kind of talking out of my ass right now, but that's... <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, maybe these are maybe we're brainstorming here the future of <laughs> the future of digital coverage. I, I think it's the future is liable to be so bizarre. I mean, <laughs> or non-existent. They, they have cleats now that are motorized. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I I don't understand that. What okay so it, you know we're talking about fantasy sports for a second. Let's go back to that. You have these what if sports leagues that exist. Simulation leagues. Simulation leagues. You're a big fan of these. Oh yeah, I enjoy. So, you know, do you think that uh I mean is that is that kind of like the best way right now to keep the past relevant in present day baseball fans? The fact oh, that Oh no, that's not the best. I think that hits a certain niche of people as well. Uh Yeah. And I I dare say if uh there aren't many people there aren't many millennials that really care who napoleon lajoui was you know (laughs) the uh you know and that's fine uh the uh i read every day about transactions of ball players that i've never heard of you know Uh, right sure the uh or prospect reports but that is i mean i think that you know, for the for the baseball player now, what a great thing to have. I mean, you know, prospects. Oh, oh shoot, I love all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, and prospects having to, you know, trying to make it in the big leagues, you know. I mean, how much easier is it to be discovered now? You know, well, if you've got a camera phone and you, you know, have a buddy that can throw 100, but it's in, lives in the middle of Kansas... He lives in the middle of Kansas. Somebody's going to find him. I, I don't really scouting is so thorough now uh, at every level. Uh, if you're the, good enough to play ball, somebody's going to find you. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. The, the, the scouts have overtaken the tools way before the, right. <laughs> some I mean, prospect could 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 uh, 
yeah, use it to their advantage. Yeah, there, there is no Walter Johnson throwing for a mill team somewhere, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and that's to be credited to social media because think about how now, you know, you can follow international teams, international players, uh, you know, Japan okay, to leagues. that to that extent, yeah, that would uh, that would be an advancement being able to look at korean leagues and japanese leagues i mean we've got we've got the world baseball classic coming up in you know a couple of weeks now and i'm such a fan of i mean we're i'm a homer to israel at this point because of our relationship with them uh shout out to team israel um but it's great to have just discovered them i wouldn't have known anything about that situation about how they're growing baseball in in israel and now even places like pakistan and australia and you know you name it were it not for the digital age that we live in. And I think that that is tremendous because certainly that's the glass ceiling that like American football is going to have a hard time breaking through. There is only, I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> yeah. But international growth is seems to, that's like the glass ceiling now. Well, okay. I mean, my thing is I occasionally seen a Japanese game that, you know, and the excitement that's in the stands and everything, that's kind of fun, but I'm not going to really follow a prospect, you know, list from uh, <laughs> Japan. Uh, the, uh, you know, I have a hard enough time keeping up with everything here. Well, yeah, again, the the deluge. I mean, <laughs> right. the, the gates are lowered, which means everything, everything's flooding in. So let me ask you this. Do you, is there a blogger that you have discovered that you read frequently? No. Is there a blog site that you go to frequently? No. Is there? <laughs> no. Well, look, I, I do. I go to Talking Chop, you know, uh, sure. follow the Braves and uh, the, uh, and I, I read, follow everything there just from, uh, because of, uh, the locality of it. I, I read uh, the MLB trades and rumors every day. You know, there. Uh, but do you notice any of the names that are? No, I don't see writing these articles. I don't see a Stephen Crane. <laughs> there hasn't been anybody that I, I've read that made me. Uh, and I read a lot, uh, sure. as you know. But I uh, that has made me want to learn their name. Is there now a void then for the real quality poetic baseball writing? I don't, I don't. You don't see much writing like that online. Right. That doesn't seem to be the nature of uh, online writing, online journalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, I think there is an effort on people online to kind of authenticate themselves and seem more just the facts jack type of thing uh right there's not there's an effort to de-romanticize uh the writing right because that you know for all of the great you know blogosphere writers that are out there in baseball you know in the baseball internet world baseball internet community they're not in the locker room there is still just a finite number of writers and sports journalists that are in the locker room asking the direct questions of the players before and after the games. So does that cut into the credibility of somebody trying to write and, and breaking down, you know, performance and breaking down, you know, what might be going on in a player's life at that point? Oh, I, I've you never... said this before that bloggers shouldn't be given a, like a hall of fame vote because no. they're not actually there on the day to day. I agree with that. Yeah. 
you think yeah. that that's going to be though maintained for a while or at some point will the that, writers association have to start letting us in <laughs> no no and I, i've said this before uh that it's their club uh True. they get to dictate who's in there you know and if they want to say vin scully hasn't seen enough baseball to give an opinion <laughs> that it's their choice to do that it's their club uh and uh, if they don't want to let in bloggers, then they don't have to let in bloggers. Right. Fair enough. I mean, you know, so where do you categorize bloggers? Like when you think of, you know, when you read one, are you thinking like, oh, this is an interesting point of view, but you don't think of it as like genuine analysis or? Oh, I, I think some of it's brilliant. So, yeah. I mean, uh, it's now I, I haven't. As I said before, I don't see the writing so much as being brilliant, but sure. the information that is coming out in certain blogs, not just baseball, but but everywhere, you know, politically and everything else, some of it truly is brilliant. But you have to be able to determine what is and what isn't. There's so much of it. And, you know, you can find, you know, uh, an entertainment site uh, that has opinions that appeal to you. Uh, right. Likewise, you can, I mean, or, or something that you can really appreciate. Uh, and same thing you might find a food site that like i really like to cook this person's food you know uh i mean there there are a lot of things uh and i think that's true with baseball bloggers just like everybody else very good point now what i will say is my biggest positive one of the things i love the most about baseball in this digital era is that we all can have the conversation right the great conversation on a so much larger scale because it used to be you could only talk baseball on a deeper level with the people that were, you know, closest to you in your life. But now you can go online, you can, you know, communicate directly with other writers, other, you know, uh, uh, podcasters. Um, we've got people that are going to be on running the bases, uh, promoting books and promoting, you know, video content and so on and so forth. The conversation can be had by more. And, well, that, and can go in depth with more, that's more very people true. out there. We, we can be a bore with each other. That's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's true. Uh, I mean, and there, I, I have, I've always had a problem going to uh, see a ball game with somebody who didn't know anything. You know, I mean, right. uh, I, I didn't, I mean, it's like, I, I better not talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or either that or somebody's going to be asking me a bunch of inane questions, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, I mean, and that's, but now you can share this experience with somebody that uh, perhaps plays at your level. Yeah, sure. And if I'm sitting in SunTrust field or what a park and, you know, I can give that my specific perspective to anybody who's interested, you know, from what I saw from my, you know, seat in section 212 in the outfield. And likewise, I can see somebody else's like Facebook live feed or Periscope feed of how the fans in section 300 in Seattle are enjoying King Felix Day or whatever. Right. And I think that's pretty amazing. You know, I mean, you, you can never, you don't ever have to stop talking about baseball now. For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that. Well, anyway, we got to 100 episodes, Coach. I look forward to at least 10 or 11 more. <laughs> and then we'll see what happens after that. 
So, uh, well, thank you to everyone who has followed Running the Bases in this digital era. Um, you can find this and all other 99 podcasts on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash Running the Bases. Um, all Running the Bases podcasts are on iTunes as well. And, of course, through the website, runningthebases.com. So, please leave your comments, your feedback. Try and be gentle to Atlanta sports fans for the next couple of weeks, if you would, please. We're all hurting right now. Um, we would appreciate the sympathy, love, and support. So, for Coach Jordan Bounds, you're laughing. Go ahead. Uh, pitchers and catchers report in nine days. Pitchers and catchers report in nine days. Let me ask you that before we get out of here. Are you more excited about that or the WBC? No, I'm more excited, excited about that. About the WBC? No, 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 no. About pitchers and catchers reporting in nine days. But is that only because it's sooner? No. Because I'm more excited about the WBC this year than in years past. Well, yeah, I am too this year, more so than in years past. But I'm uh, pitchers and catchers report in nine days. That's, <laughs> you know, that's Christmas. <laughs> that is. That is hope springing eternal. All right. Well, so for Coach Jordan Bounds, I am... Tucker Wells, this is the Running the Bases podcast coming into home at 100. We'll see you next time. Coach, have a good night. Good night.